Hello, welcome to another installment of our Shores Community Church Auxiliary Teaching. Still haven't come up with a good name for this podcast. Uh, my name's Pastor Nate, Nate Parsikian, and I'm here with Scott Domont, and he is our evangelist, open-air evangelist, uh, spreading the good news to West Michigan and beyond. So wherever you go on your many, many trips all over the country, and we are dealing with different topics that people will raise in uh, outreach or evangelistic conversations. So you're talking to an unbeliever. That unbeliever might might uh, have a question, or maybe this is something that has been uh, a thorn or a stumbling block for them when it comes to this idea of a God or a or Jesus or or belief in God. And so we've been covering multiple topics by now, and uh, in this podcast, we want to we want to talk about the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, at least that's that's <clears throat> probably the the tag that's often given to these areas of discussion. And just problem problem of evil in a nutshell is that since evil and suffering exists, a loving God cannot. Mm-hmm. And this this really is an an old philosophical difficulty that people have wrestled with for a long time. Uh, probably the most famous argument for the the problem of evil came from Epicurus, who is a philosopher in like 300 BC. So we're talking that's a long time ago. Yeah, and he said this: either God wants to abolish evil and cannot, or He can but does not want to, or He cannot. And does not want to. So he's saying those are the three uh, logical A, B, or C logical statements that can be made about evil and God. So if he wants to but cannot, he's impotent or he's not all powerful. If he can and does not want to, he's wicked. But if both God can and wants to abolish evil, then why is there evil in the world? End quote. That's mm-hmm. that's his argument against God from the problem of evil. So just to break that down, if God is all good, he would destroy evil. If God is all powerful, he could destroy evil. But evil is not destroyed. Hence, there cannot be an all-powerful, all-good God. There cannot be this supreme being that we, we call God. Mm-hmm. So obviously that leaves a lot of room for demigods or many gods or a lot of other type of mythology that could exist out there. But this monotheistic, all-powerful, all-good God cannot exist because there is evil. Right. And example of a, an atheist who lost his faith over this, Charles Templeton, his quote-unquote conversion into atheism came when he was struggling with his belief in God, so he was already struggling, and he came He came to a moment of realization when he saw a photo of a little girl that was dying of malnutrition in an African country. And when he looked at the plight, looked at the face of that suffering girl, he thought to himself, well, all God has to do is send rain, then that village could grow crops, and then that little girl would eat. Why doesn't God send rain? Because there is no God. There is no, there is no God who is in control of this world because if there was a God in control of this world, then suffering and evil like this wouldn't happen. 
So all we are is alone in this planet, just a highly evolved animal who just is suffering through the fate or kind of bleak very bleak it's very nihilistic i mean you're just stuck really with no with no rhyme or reason for why things happen bad things happen good things happen there's there's no answer behind it just you know hopefully you're the lucky one you know hopefully you're fortunate and you're not born in in that village in that african country which i think is is a little bit uh it it I think Charles Templeton would say I, I'm very sensitive to to the the pain that this this girl's suffering. Well, Charles, you're not sensitive enough to actually go there and try to solve it, yeah, right? right? Or try so, to fix that problem. Isn't that isn't that funny how we do so many times? Um, we pass off what what were our responsibility on somebody else, right? right? So he's saying, God, why don't you send rain? Uh, to this village because then they'll have food. And what God may one day ask of Charles Templeton on Judgment Day is uh, why I, I was actually meaning to send you. Yeah. And what, what, what if did, at that moment you go? What if that moment it pushed you actually to become a, a follower, a stronger follower yeah. of me yeah. and and see that this girl needs food mm-hmm. and you you use whatever influence or resources you have to feed her. I mean, yeah. that, that could have been a, a conversion towards God instead of away from him. And that's how many missionaries uh, yeah. have responded right. and gone and helped those that were hurting. And that's what God means for us to do, to respond to the needs that are around right. us and to help. Yeah. So I, I will say that the problem of evil is 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 a real, is, is very real. This is not just uh, a... A, a cop out or a, a a way to be dismissive of God just all, you know out of hand. It's it's a real it's a real thing people struggle yeah. with, and and often it's very personal. So something happened in their life that made them angry, and they're looking for someone to blame, mm-hmm. and especially what it has to do with something that isn't an obvious evil act by some horrible person like cancer or miscarriage or a death of a loved one from some type of disease, they say, God, why did you yeah. do this to my family? Like this argument is is called the problem of evil, but it's also called the problem of suffering. Right, right. That if God, he's all, he is all-knowing, that means, and he, so therefore he knows that suffering is, is in the world. And then he is uh, all powerful, so that he is able uh, to stop the suffering in the world. And that he is supposedly that would say, oh, if he's all good, then he would want to stop the suffering in the world. But the suffering still exists; therefore, God can't exist. Right. And the answer to that, I don't know if we want to save that for later, is that uh, God has never been and an enemy to suffering. Yeah. So, well, yes. And I, and I think that's, <laughs> I want to, I want to really land hard on the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so let's just save that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the good stuff. Yeah. But let's just, let's, let's actually work through a little bit of the, I think the fallacies, if we're going to talk from a, from a rational, maybe a logical progression of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the fallacies and what, and what 
of the problem of evil. One of it is that somehow evil dis- actually discounts God when in reality evil is evidence for God. Yeah. The fact that, that we are calling something evil would mean that there has to be some type of moral standard yeah. that humanity is aware of. Or so that moral we're... evil. So there's evil that happens like cancer, earthquakes, but then which is like suffering, but then there's evil that um, is done that is wrong or wickedness that you'd say it would be like a moral, moral evil. Uh, against a moral standard. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we see evil existing in our world, when we, we would then say, well, there has to be some, as a believer, I would say whether there has to be some type of standard that mm-hmm. we're operating from. Yeah. Because if you look into the, into the animal world, they, there is no morality. Right. And so if one particular pack of wolves attacks and, and kills another pack of wolves or steals their game or, or comes in and, and takes over an area of territory, we wouldn't attribute evil to the right. wolf's behavior. No. It's just a wolf being a wolf. It's mm-hmm. very instinctual. Anything you see in the animal world, we would just say, well, that, that's just an animal behaving like an animal. But the fact that we can say, hey, he, we're operating off a different set of, of standards. There's, there's different rules to this game, and we, we actually can call something right and wrong. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that Charles Templeton can say that's not right would make me say, well, based on, on what? Yeah. What what is your standard of right and wrong? And if there is morality that we would then hold everyone accountable to, then that would mean that would mean that that's absolute. So if there's an absolute morality not based on my perspective or your perspective or your opinion, my opinion, well then well, where is that coming from? Right. Because we look into history, people have re- tried to redefine the rules. They've like you have Hitler and he tried to subclass human beings, and, and that gave him permission to, tr- you know, to kill and to steal from people. Right. Right. And, and we look at that action and say that that, that was evil. That's evil. Well, yeah, well, morally how, wrong. Morally wrong. How yeah. can I make that judgment? Like, how can I say that of him unless there is some universal standard we're all being held to? Yeah. And where does that come from? Unless from God. It comes from God. And in Romans 2, it says that moral standard is written on our hearts. And it was interesting is that when you talk to people who are agnostic or atheistic, especially if you get into, in, into the philosophical world, do you know that I have a degree in philosophy? No, I didn't. You didn't know that? That explains a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he gets too lost sometimes in, in a lot of the uh, theory. And <laughs> That's funny. But I, there are a, a Darwinian philosophers who try to find a, a, a rational reasoning, rational uh, rational. Uh, like a rational position to say that 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 act is is sinful or wrong, morally wrong. They wouldn't call it sinful, but morally wrong. But it's very difficult to establish morality if we're just highly evolved animals. Yeah, right. And and, and uh, their arguments always fall short because you really can't find anything to kind of latch to it on on righteousness or wickedness without 
the lawgiver. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's Ev- evidence of a higher being that wrote those morals, that yeah. wrote that law, and yeah. put that on our hearts. <clears throat> and the fact that our conscience is is screaming at us that this is not right. Yeah, it's telling us that somehow that's been put into humanity. Yep. Right. Yeah. It can't just be inst- instincts. Also, ev- evil as evidence for God, the fact that we s- death has meaning says that we are attributing value to the human person. Mm-hmm. So I, I know dog lovers, they'll, they'll shed a tear over a, a dog passing. And maybe you're a dog lover listening to this podcast. It's still just a dog. Yeah. I've shed tears over lost dogs before. But but you move on. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same as when you lose a loved one. Not at all. Because a loved one in, in Genesis nine six, God says, "Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed." For God made man in His own image. And, mm-hmm. and what was being said there is, murder is is taking taking human life, and that that. It's wrong because that's that's a human being made in the image of made God. Made in the image of God. And so yep. when we see a human being die, there's an injustice there mm-hmm. because the, that there's value to that person. Well, how can we attribute value to a person unless we have you know, value given mm-hmm. by our creator? By the designer, yep. yep. And being made in his image. Okay. So I, I see evil as actually evidence for God, but did God make evil? Right? Right. So if God made everything, right, did he did make he, evil? Did he make evil? Because there's evil in this world. Well, where did it come from? Right. What, what do you think? Yeah, so there's, it's interesting when we, when we talk with people, sometimes, um, sometimes well, I like to use like the definition of, of heat, Right, which is this long definition, the transfer of thermal energy from one physical system to another system or from one region in a physical system to another region, whereas the scientific definition of cold is the absence of heat. <laughs> absence of heat. It's pretty it's simple, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's so cold is simply actually the absence of something, right? And the same thing with light, interestingly enough. And elect, uh, the definition of light is an electromagnetic radiation which can be detected by human eye showing properties of both waves and particles, which is very interesting, right? The definition of darkness. <laughs> Absence of light. Absence of light, right? Exactly. So we have we have the definition of good is a condition or behavior that aligns with the creator God, the designer of all life, who has expressly said what is right. Uh, or definition of good, rightness, uprightness, righteousness, godliness. Definition of evil, the absence of good. Right? There is there is a sense where God uh giving the moral law, giving the rules, giving all of those things, and then giving us the choice to do it, which we'll get into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has established what is right. Right. Yeah. The opposite of that or uh, the the absence of that is evil, mm-hmm. right? And that evil uh, causes suffering. Right. Yeah. So God... God is not the originator of evil. Yeah, it says in Genesis 1, uh, 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. God made it perfect. He made the world without evil. He right. made the, the world perfect. Mm-hmm. We broke it. Yeah. And we messed it up. And so he provided the choice. Yeah. Because, and, and really that, and that, that's really the, the next thought we have to cover is God allows for evil because of the free, the free will of humanity. Yeah. We're not robots. We will not be forced to love God. God will not force us, strong arm us, to praise and to give him glory and to live righteous lives. He allows us the choice to follow or to reject him. But in, the, in that choice is the choice to do the opposite of good, right? Yeah. Which is to choose evil. To choose evil. So God doesn't make evil. We do. And which is evidenced in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. When you had the tree of life and the tree of, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Because he could have not, he could have not placed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. But are they really free if there's no choice to right. disobey? Yeah. How would you like if your wife uh, was a robot, right? How would you like it if your wife could? Uh, you know, she did. She just did everything that you wanted, and she like I don't know. I don't know how that even could. I have it. that for just like <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it would be, everyone. I just everyone's groaning right now. Right? <laughs> They're like, why would you say this? <laughs> no. So no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't want no, someone that had no to, choice. Who you have to? They had to love right. us back. They they had. It sounds to, like well, that sounds like that that kind of flies against. Uh, what we we consider that coercion or slavery? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have no choice into saying, "I you do you want to be with me?" I I have no choice. That doesn't sound like it's not love. It's not love, and it's not yeah, valuable. Exactly, it's not yeah. precious. So I am so thankful that I love my wife, and she loves me back on her. Of her own choice, and that's Which, hard choice. I, I know. I'm wondering, like, boy, Christine, <laughs> how did she? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> having a little bit of fun right now. So, yeah, but we have good she wives. loves me, me back. That. We do, and they, she does love me more than I deserve. <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> but oh. uh, you know that the, that love is precious and meaningful because that's the choice that they have. And that's the same thing God wants with us. He wants a relationship, right. not a robot. He, he loved us and actually says we love him because he first loved us. Right. So he's the initiator. And then we respond back in love and that is uh, precious to him and valued to him. And, and it is valuable. And, and, and really the reason and one of the key reasons that that we were created with free choice is that we will then in turn give him glory and to praise him of our own free will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But as far as God actually authoring sin, creating sin, uh, there's this passage in James that actually speaks to that. Uh, James one thirteen says, uh, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Mm-hmm. Then desire, when it conceives, is conceived, brings birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So we see the consequence. We see the suffering, the pain 
uh, around us is because of our sin. And he goes, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Hmm. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. So what God gives is good. What God made is perfect. He gives us a choice. We are dragged away by our own lust. We bring the death. We bring the pain. So we, by giving birth to sin, as James would say, we are the ones who are creating the particular... We're we're creating the state of the world we're in. Yeah, it's our fault. It's our fault. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I remember I I had a dear friend who passed, and I was asked to do the video... Uh, slide for his funeral and it broke me they sent me like 400 pictures of him with his younger children mm. like uh, he died his children were young um, just a couple of years ago and I just wept and wept and wept and I remember driving to work and just weeping and saying God I'm so sorry for my sin mm. because it's I just it's our sin that brought this death death wasn't right. supposed to be no. it wasn't in God's design no this is this is the consequence of the fall, mm-hmm. and and to and to feel the weight of what what a mess we made of God's good creation, right? Yeah, yeah. and and you felt that. Yeah. Wow, you are a good man, Scott. No, no, <laughs> yeah, none good. Well, I mean, none good, but God. Okay. But we, you know, when you see death I mean, around you, but a lot. to make that connection is 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 right, and yeah. and that is is to, is to see. What a mess we made of things, and that—that's—that is sad. Yeah, and, yeah. And and to not attribute this to God. See that 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 is that is blaming, right? We're trying to blame someone or something for for what we're experiencing. When in reality, we should just we should take ownership mm-hmm. as as sinful and wicked humanity. But yeah, by sin, death entered in this world. So so God created the choice. Right? God did create a choice, but he did not create evil itself. And that and, and I and I really I believe that that's pretty tight. Yeah. We bring it. We we that's pretty tight mm-hmm. theologically, rationally. We can we, I think that's understandable. Okay. I one of the areas I struggle when someone uh, loses their faith in God because of evil or suffering in our world or or dismisses God or blames God or, or really tries to push God out of their life because of of what they're going through. One of the areas I, I, I really I struggle with is they're experiencing probably high level intense suffering and, and, and I don't I don't want to to walk past that. No that that's right. real and they're yeah. really they're struggling and I get that. I you know I'm that that there's something behind why they're saying or are raising these questions. But, but, but my question back would be, okay, you, you've now pushed God out of your life or, or, or dismissive of God. How did that help <laughs> yeah. the suffering that you're experiencing? <laughs> right. Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed it. And he did not say in this world and you become a follower of me and you believe in me, life is going to be great. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be Disney World all the time. It's gonna be magical. I don't even know why I would 
prefer to Disney World <laughs> as a utopia. Disney, Disney World is not the perfect place. Let me tell you that. It, it, but, I mean, pure, perfect comfort and ease of life, that, he never promised that. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, when you look at the testimony at, of, of believers throughout the centuries, it's been hardship. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason that they, we have the martyrs of the faith of the early Christian church. And they say that the church is built on the blood of martyrs because just a series of persecutions, the church had to walk through a series of persecutions in the first 300 years that mm-hmm. actually actually led to the flourishing of the church, mm-hmm. not, not, not the church being, you know. God turns it for good. Yeah, stomped out. But again, I, but the point I'm, at, I'm raising is everyone's going to suffer whether they believe in God or not. That, that is that is the kind of world that we're a part of. You're, you're, we've already talked about that. The suffering mm-hmm. is in this world, and we're all going to experience evil people, and there, and we're all going to experience hardship. Okay. Now, you have you have discounted the one source of hope. I know. How is that helping? It. God is the one who heals broken hearts. Mm-hmm. God's the one who gives a purpose in it. Yeah, and it's going to turn it for good. For good. And, and, but now I don't want God, and that person is still experienced the same pain they experienced before. Yeah. Now there's just there's no there's no balm for the soul. It's just there's nothing to, to heal it. Yeah, and, a hopeless and, place to be. And, and sad. And you know, it's interesting is I, I get into conversations with lots of people like yourself, Scott. And when we get into this train of thought, and I raise I raise this question. You can see they're still hurting. They they say, well, I just have a hard time believing in God, that there could be a God. And I say, okay, God is a God is a source of, of love and joy and grace and, and hope. So where is your hope? And they have no answer. And and you can see that level of bitterness is still there. Yeah. And and I think in the grief process, everyone's gonna have bitterness and anger. But part of the stages of grief, but God navigates that with us and and really brings us out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you never feel pain or, or or grieve the loss of that loved one. That might never go away, but but yet it lessens, and you you have that singular purpose that I live for the glory of God and I yeah. I live to serve this isn't and follow my Him. Home, this yeah. isn't the end. There's something greater. There's someone bigger right and there's a purpose that can be brought out of it that only god can do you also mentioned as we were discussing before the podcast that god the god of the bible the god of the scriptures jesus he understands suffering and embraces suffering yeah why don't you speak on that yeah a lot of times we look at suffering and it's to us it's an enemy um to us but for God, it's suffering is not his enemy. Sin uh, is the enemy of God or is mm-hmm. contrary to God. And sin does bring suffering. But God actually uh, embraced it. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And then you could one could say, and it has been said, uh, that Jesus, as you, as you kind of talked about earlier, he promised us two things. If we follow him, he promised us eternal life. Mm-hmm. And he promised us a cross. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. They they hated me. 
uh, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, people will think that they do God a service by by killing you. So suffering was is just part of this life that God uses, um, and and God will. So those things, I think I might be jumping ahead. God is going to judge those things, right? But 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 for this time, it seems uh, it seems like He's not acting. It seems like He's not active in that area, but he will be, but he's not yet. Um, but what he is doing right now is he is going to take it and he's turning it for good. We think about in Genesis 50, at the end of the story of Joseph, Joseph is, speaks to his brothers and they had, they definitely had evil towards Joseph. Right. They wanted, but they were planning that's what to, Joseph said. to kill him. Yeah. yeah. It was no like, well, we made a mistake, <laughs> but, but Joseph says, you meant it. You you meant it for evil. Yeah. You had you let's, did not have my good in mind. You yeah. you meant it for evil, but God used it for good. Right. And and God is big enough. He's so big, he's so great that God can do that and he does it. Yeah. And and I know that can sometimes feel like a cliche, well there's a greater good. But that is that's hope filled. Yeah. It it is a there is a greater good. Yeah. And and I, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say that to a person who's going through some high level emotional pain. Hey, don't worry. There's a greater good that's coming out of this. I wouldn't just throw that around because that, mm-hmm. that can maybe feel a, just a, a lack of compassion for yeah. the amount of pain they're feeling at that moment. And I think it's more of just being there with them. It's still a truth that we have to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It, it's still real. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and this is maybe just a silly little imagery, but I, I kind of see the world as a tapestry. And there are threads that are darker in that tapestry, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're just looking at the threads that are next to you, you, you could say, wow, this is really, this is, this is dark. But what we cannot see is the full picture, right? We mm-hmm. But if you step back, you say, oh, wow, that little dark part has a piece in this whole tapestry of, of, of God within his foreknowledge sees as his, as his plan or what he's accomplishing. And we could take solace in that. Like we can hold on to that. Mm-hmm. This is all part of something, Yeah, you know, and, and that gives us, I guess hope and we're not suffering as ones without hope. And, you know, Paul picks up on this. He he says in first Thessalonians chapter four, this is a verse you read at funerals, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no, no hope. hope. Yeah. And I've obviously been a part of funerals where the family are not believers and I've been a part of funerals where the family are believers mm. and there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Also, first Peter four thirteen says, but rejoice in a, insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And the, the point that Peter's making is that there is persecution. There is present sufferings that we have to walk through. Mm-hmm. That's, really the world that we're a part of. But Christ entered into the sufferings. He's not immune to it. He, he actually purposely chooses to walk 
and, and are tempted and have faced all the hardships of this world, just like we are. Yeah. The point of a gruesome death. So he was tortured and killed. So you can think of what is the worst thing that could happen. He went through it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we follow a God who understands suffering. Yeah. Embraces suffering and walks through suffering. Um, and the lead to, so the greater good obviously is the, his death on the cross paid the penalty for our sins. Yeah. The only source of our righteousness is Christ's substitutionary atonement. That's right. I mean, talk about a greater good. Well, there's an example. <laughs> you know, we use Joseph and, you know, God's people being saved from that famine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's really, that's good. That's really cool. But <laughs> What Christ did. Christ did on the cross kind of supersedes that a little bit, right? Absolutely. Another, another way that this argument is put as... Uh, more than like a one line is why do bad things happen to good people? Yep, right. That's another way of and it. and the the real question actually. Uh, so well, the real the realization is that actually there isn't anyone good. Mm-hmm. There's right. none righteous. Actually, there was only one good. Mm-hmm. And what is really the question is why did bad things happen to him? <laughs> Right? The real question is, why do yeah. good things happen to bad people? And that's what happened on the cross, is that the bad happened to Christ right. so that the good could happen to us who are bad people. Because right. we deserved that mm-hmm. judgment. We deserved that wrath. And Jesus stepped in and took it for us. Yeah, and, and to see his suffering for us, just again just reminds me of the grace and mercy of, of our God and how how he took that first step, like you mentioned earlier, that, that God demonstrated his love for us in, in this. Mm. While we were yet sinners, Christ yeah. died for us. Yeah, why aren't we asking that? Why, why, does, why does this good thing happen to us bad people? Right. Right. What, why who, would, who are so undeserving? Jesus, why would you do that for us? Why? That's the question. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's the gratitude a person has when they fully embrace the gospel, mm-hmm. they walk away amazed that they're even considered. Mm-hmm. Why would God even look at me, think of me, yeah. you know? And so one final thought, kind of tie up this podcast, is people might use the problem of evil to, or, or suffering or the something terrible that they went through or witnessed and and say that they I, I I can't believe in God because God allowed for this to happen. And I and I think you, we gave you reasons why that evil ex- occurred, right? Mm. It was the choice of that evil person, not right. God. Right. Um it's something we didn't talk about earlier. It the reality of that that girl suffering from malnutrition isn't because there isn't it's not because there isn't food to feed her there's food to feed her Mm -hmm. that country has food to feed her yeah that country could easily look to these villages that were suffering through this drought and maybe reallocate resources or move them to a place where there is rain and there is food yeah or the and often you see this the, the world population you know, like the, the other 
more generous countries are finding ways to try to bring food to these people and so that people do not starve and die. What often happens is that these despots or these people who are putting their people in these positions are stopping or thwarting yeah, the goodness. There's corruptness. There's corruptness that's yeah. doing this, and which again is the the evil of uh, of, of humanity mm-hmm. to brutalize our to brutalize each other, and 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 the the reason why and and one of the big reasons why I I hold on to God is because there's hope, but there's also going to be justice. Mm-hmm. So not only do we have hope. That we, that we will be in the presence of God where there's the absence of suffering. And there is a, a good God in control of this place. Is that, that we also have a just God who will bring judgment on that wicked person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they will give an account. They will stand before God. Psalm 96 verse 10 says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. And he, God, would judge the peoples with equity. Mm-hmm. He's the only fair judge. That's right. Because we we are working from limited knowledge. I, I have my version of the truth, and, and in any conversation, and whenever you listen to a wrongdoing, there's there's multiple sides to every story, and there's my truth, his truth, her truth, and then there's the truth. And mm-hmm. who really knows the truth? But God, yeah, and is the truth. Who yeah. is the truth, and He has the ability to judge, to judge fairly, truly judge, yeah. with justice. I love what Abraham says: "Will not the Judge of all the earth do right?" Yes. And He will. He, he will. will do right. It's very good. Do so we come back to like if you want to go back to these questions? You know, if God is all good, He would destroy all evil. Well, He will. Yeah. Destroy all evil, right? right? Revelation 20. If God is all-powerful, he could destroy evil. Yep, and we'll see it. Actually, yeah. we, we were talking earlier. Um, in the end, when Satan is loosed, and he comes up and he amasses this army, or he's loosed for the, after the thousand years, and he amasses this army to come up against God, God basically just sends an angel and destroys yeah. him. And it's not even a battle. Yeah. It's not even that. God has the power to do this. Completely all-powerful, and he will destroy it. Um, then it goes, uh, but evil is not destroyed. Well, it yet. Yes. The answer is yet. And it, I think, and I it think will that, be. and that, I think that's where we we have to we have to understand that God is God has a, a plan. He's working out, and, it, and we're in a time of redemption, mm-hmm. and he is he is winning people to himself and drawing a people to himself, and that's that's the spread of the gospel and the good news of Christ, and that that that's the age we're in. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, long-suffering and patient to allow humanity the choice to return to him. Yet he desires all people to repent and to come to him. And he's right. saying, come, turn, turn to me. Yeah. But there's coming a time when he's going to judge the world in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And when that moment comes, we're going to be like, whoo, that was fast. Right. That was swift judgment. And, 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 and we'll see it for how right it is. Yeah. Because it will be right. Yeah, and it says heaven will stand up and say, hallelujah. (laughs) Like, God has done what is right. Then shall, and then it's so interesting how that psalm ends in verse 13, uh, 96 verse 13. He says, when he comes to judge the earth, he will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. And that he is the righteous judge and he's coming to judge. I, 
I believe people who push God away, when you're challenging them on justice, there there is a deep part of us that want to see justice. Mm-hmm. And and they they pause. I, I've I've had conversations with people where they pause and they say, Wow, you're right. If there is no God or or just as uninvolved God, like an ag- they're agnostic, there's an uninvolved God, then there is no justice for the evil that was done. I, the, I, I don't mean to be graphic right now, um, but when the two young men decided to shoot up the Col- Columbine high, high, school, high school and they targeted people and they, they systematically went into classroom after classroom, they shot people. Mm-hmm. And they went after Christians. Yeah. And then when the the school was surrounded and they knew that their their reign of terror, whatever whatever they thought they were doing, was ending, they turned the guns on themselves, right? Yeah. And shot. When that bullet entered the head of these assailants, if you don't believe in God, they they get off. Yeah. They're they, pretty they, easy. They don't have to go to jail. They don't have to face all the, 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 the pain and horror they brought on these families mm-hmm. by taking these kids. They essentially become dirt. You know, they just they their their self awareness stops, mm-hmm. and they don't ever have to pay for what they did. That sounds like they got off. Yeah, it's not justice. It's not justice. <clears throat> no. But here's the reality. They, they, when they died, they now have to stand before a holy, just, and wrathful God. Mm-hmm. And there will be justice. Yep. And, and that, that's important. I think it's important for us. And I think that's built into us being made in the image of God, a desire for justice. Mm-hmm. And so that also speaks to speak to the reality there is a God. I think they're inside of us. We're like, no, no, there's something's got to happen. Yeah. Someone, they have to pay for this. It's interesting when you talk to people on the streets and you bring up the topic of, of afterlife, heaven and hell, the, the average person believes there's a hell for people like Hitler. Right? Yeah. 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 Hitler's in hell or this person's in hell. Um, maybe somebody that hurt them personally, yeah. you know, they're in hell. Yeah, but it was funny how they, they look at themselves <laughs> right. and no, I'm going to be in a good place. Right. Um, unfortunately, uh, well, it's fortunate. We don't say it. Unfortunately, God doesn't measure yeah. man to those standards. He right. measures them to his perfect law. And we all deserve judgment. If God were to remove right now evil and all of the sources of evil in the world, Right now, if he just would remove the sources of all evil in the world, we would all be gone. Right. Yeah, it's like God brought justice for every evil act a person commits immediately. Like, just judge and jury. That moment that that person, we there wouldn't be a humanity. Yeah, there would be no one here. There'd be no one here. Maybe maybe there would just be deer walking around or something. <laughs> yeah. <don't> know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that, that, we're all guilty. Yeah, and and so, but his long suffering,ness to us, he's always calling us. That's so turned in. This again, I, it 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 drives me back to the gospel. It mm-hmm. just really 
pushes me back to the good news of Jesus Christ that we experience forgiveness and mercy found in him. And without, without that, yeah, I mean, we're, we're ones without hope. We're the mm-hmm. ones without a, a, a future, a place without suffering. There's no eternal life. It's just, it is meaningless. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, that's, um, an answer to that question, I think <laughs> it, and and maybe that there are bits and pieces of this this answer that can that can be helpful for you in faith building, and that's and, and maybe it'll also help you formulate an answer to the people who might ask that question. Yeah, that you love hurting, and care about hurting. You yeah, know, you don't do, don't take this lightly. We've all, every one of us, have gone through in different ways and different times incredible pain. And, you know, those questions come up and there is an answer and there is a comfort and a love in a real God who cares for us. Mm -hmm. And that's a great hope. Thank you for tuning in. Um, And we'll we'll keep we'll keep putting these out and we're hoping that these are blessing you. So thank you for listening. God bless.